Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So uh, today, what I want to share with you has to do, how do we pray for those people that are important for us? How do we pray over this prayer card right here to make sure that when we invite those people during this week, they actually respond to that invitation? How does that happen? And, uh, and today, what I want to share with you, and this is what I've titled my message, okay? Praying for those that you care about. How do you pray for those people that you and I care about? And I want to let you know something that is so amazing. Since the beginning of these 21 days, I've had these names on my list. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have 10 names up here. I have six. Some of these are families, so actually a little more when you add up, you know, the numbers. But you will not believe the love that God puts in your heart when you've been praying for somebody every day by name, asking for God to bless them, to reach them where they're at. There's like a love that God has put in my heart for each of these people that are in this list. It's amazing. It's something that it goes beyond me because it's not really me. I know that it is God that loves these people and he wants to use me to reach them where they're at. And then another thing is going on that is so funny as well. It takes time to invest in the life of those people. In other words, these last few weeks, you don't believe the time that I've been spending on the people that I have there on my list. Uh, my wife and I had a, had a meeting with one of those couples that went for four and a half hours. I was like, oh my Lord. Okay, I got some, word, some news for you. The harvest is hard work. Harvest is not easy. I could give you a couple of lessons on that with a mango tree that I have at home. I was not ready this year. I said that last year, and I'm saying it again this year. I was not ready for the harvest. Uh, you know, man, we gave away mangoes like you have no idea. I know some people here ate from the mangoes from my house, and they loved it. I, I, have, I have frozen mango at home, all right, for December and January. I'll be having mango shakes during that time. But you know what's the crazy thing? That if you don't harvest the fruit, it will go bad. And there were days that I would go outside after two or three days without having been, been able to be outside because of my work schedule and everything. And I had mangoes that were rotting away on the floor. They were being eaten up by the flies. And the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. And he goes, that's the same way that it is with my harvest. I have a harvest that is ready. It's ready. Don't be asking for the harvest. Don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the workers of the harvest. The harvest is there. The Lord is already preparing the hearts of the people. And we got to do that work. Now, it's not easy. We got to go over maybe, you know, your introvert and, you know, talking to somebody and inviting them to church. It's like a little weird and all these things. But let me tell you something, that we fight in the spirit as well. It's not just the conversations that we're going to have this week to invite these people, but it's also in the Spirit. Can you say that with me? In the Spirit. There's a fight in the Spirit, okay, for those that we want to encounter God, to know God, all right? And today I want to share with you, okay, five specific prayers 
that I want to encourage you to make this week over the people that are in your list before you invite them next Sunday. All right? Five specific prayers. Number one, okay, write this down. Okay, number one, pray that the Father would draw them to Jesus. Pray that the Father would draw them to Jesus. And we're going to read a scripture that is found in John chapter 6, verse 44. Beautiful scripture. And it says, For no one could come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Oh man, what a powerful scripture that is. That scripture is saying, okay, that, I'm going to phrase it like this. A lot of times we say, well, is that I've been looking for God. Well, I have some news for you. Nobody's looking for God. God has been looking for you. God has been doing everything possible to draw you to Jesus, to come to Jesus. And he'll use circumstances, and he'll use people, and he'll use different situations, and all these things is him drawing you in. And sometimes it's not the best of circumstances, I want to tell you. Okay, sometimes it's not like what you would consider ideal. God will even use crisis to draw you into him. That was my story. My story, he used a situation where my dad was dying with cancer and, uh, you know, we were getting evicted from where we were living. We didn't have money to pay and, uh, you know, we had to move out in a hurry and didn't even know what we were going to be eating. And God used all those things and a friend. Say with me, a friend. Oh, God always uses somebody. He uses somebody. The question that I have, are you that somebody for somebody else this week? Because God used a friend of mine that we would see him, and he's probably watching me because the other day he wrote me. He goes, hey, I'll watch you on Sundays. This friend of mine, his name is Danny, and I remember we were in the basketball team, and he, would, he was a little odd because the, before the game, you know, we were listening to hip-hop music and getting into the mood, you know, of the game and stuff like that. Now, this guy was off in the corner listening to worship and praying. Like, all right, this is weird, you know. I'm like, what are you listening to? And he goes, some guy named Michael W. Smith. I'm like, Michael who? W what? You know, you got to listen to the Wu-Tang Clan and this and that. You know, that's what I was listening to back then. And he goes, no, 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 no. You got to listen to this. And all of a sudden, this guy, he was so different than us. And one day, God used him to invite me to church. And that day, I gave my life to the Lord. And you know what I noticed? That the Father was drawing me in through these circumstances, through these situations. He was breaking me. Because a lot of times we have our heart and we're like, oh no, I'm not going to go to church. I'm like, man, I'm not going to miss the Dolphin games on Sunday morning to go to church. I wake up early on Sunday. That's my only day of sleeping, you know, and this. And I had a bunch of excuses. And all of the people that you're going to try to invite and I'm going to try to invite, they have a hundred excuses. And I live far and there's COVID and this and that. But the Father is drawing these people unto Jesus. That's what the Bible says here. God drew me and God drew you. And that's why you're here today listening to it. The second thing that you're going to pray 
over these people that you love and that you care about, okay? You're going to pray to bind the spirit that blinds their minds, okay? You're going to pray to bind the spirit, tie up the spirit. And what do you mean by that, pastor? Well, 2 Corinthians, okay, chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to what this says. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world. Okay, that is a very hard scripture to deal with. <laughs> All right? Because it says that this world has a God, but the God of this world is not the God that you and I came this morning to worship. That God is God over everything. Over all things. But the God of this world, according to Scripture, is some dude named Satan. <laughs> and it says that he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. What has he done? He has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. I don't know if this has happened to you driving in Miami after it rains and then all of a sudden the sun comes out because Miami's that type of town. Sometimes it rains and the sun is out. All right? And something happened to me the other day and I was with my kids in the car and my smallest one, you know, he was in the car and, and he said, Daddy, what is that? Because I was driving because the sun was hitting the water where it had rained and there was a reflection that I was trying to drive, but I couldn't really see. Has that ever happened to you? I was being blinded, okay, by the light that was coming into my eyes. And all of a sudden, I was like, man, I just got to, I don't even know if I'm going off the lane or I'm on the lane. What's going on? The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded, okay, the people so that they don't see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And what happens when you're blinded? Well, you're going to crash into something because you can't see right. You can't see correctly. And the people of this world, okay, are crashing into different things that the enemy is putting right in front of them. And we got to pray for this, that God will bind the spirit that has blinded them. And how has he blinded their minds? Well, through hurt, pain, disappointment, wealth, pride, religion, tradition, loneliness, depression. And I could just continue this thing. These are all the different ways that the enemy comes to blind the minds of those that God loves dearly. And he used these things. And it's like you look at people and it's like if there was a cloud that was hovering over them. I don't know if you see them. And they wake up and they go to work and, and, and they do their things but it's like if there's a cloud that is hovering over them. And according to this verse, they're unable to see. It's not that they don't want to see. It's that they are unable to see. Even if they want to see, they can see. Because all they see in front of them is that reflection. It's their hurt. It's their pain. It's their depression. It's their problem. It's the situation of not paying the bill. That's what is being shown to them. And it's blinding them. 
And that it becomes the loudest voice in their hearts. That becomes the loudest voice. So you come to them, and you're like, you know what? God is there with you in the middle. Don't talk to me about God. I don't want to hear about religion. Don't talk to me about religion. Don't talk to me about God, because look at all these things that are happening to me, and they'll just go off and off and off. And you know in your heart that you're not talking to them about religion. You know that in your heart, you're offering them the only one that could help them in the midst of the problem and the situation that they're going through. You know that, but they can't see. So we come and we pray. What do we do, church? We come and we pray. We come and we pray against those spirits. And what do we do, pastor? We bind them so they stop operating over the lives of those that we care for. You're going to take your list, you're going to take the name that is there on your list, the second name, the third name, and you're going to pray and say, you know what, Lord, I bind the spirit that is blinding them right now. And if you know that they're going through a depression or they're going through a divorce or they're going through financial difficulty, right now we come against that in Jesus' name. You guys listening to me? It's a spiritual battle. We're trying to rescue these people. You know, it's a sad situation, what's gone on in Afghanistan. All you guys have seen the news and seen what's going on. And now we have people that are over there. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to see how we rescue them. Rescuing somebody is not an easy business, guys. Sometimes you got to put your life at risk in order to rescue somebody. The enemy is not going to give you people up just like that. They're going to say, come and take them. Try it. You want them? Come and try it. But you know what? We wage war in the Spirit. We wage war in the Spirit. And that's why I've been telling you, before you invite these people to come, okay, you're going to pray for them all these days, and then we're going to send the invite. Okay, I have news for you. This is the week where we send the invite. Okay, this is the week where we send the invite. Don't wait till Friday to invite somebody to come on Sunday next week. All right? Send that invite latest. All right? Latest by Wednesday. That's the latest. What are you going to do after today's message, man? Tomorrow, tonight, Tuesday morning, if you didn't know these things, man, you're going to be praying over those people. You send the invite and you continue praying. Because then at the last minute, different things pop out. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. Well, I was going to church, but, you know, I got a flat tire on the way. You know, I, I was going to church and, you know, the dog ate my homework. I mean, you know, maybe the dog didn't eat the homework. But you know what I'm talking about, all right? The third thing that you're going to pray over those that you care for, okay, is that you're going to lose the spirit of adoption over them. You're going to lose the spirit of adoption over them. Okay, what's the spirit of adoption? The spirit of sonship. Romans, okay, chapter 8, verse 15. Look what the Apostle Paul says. He says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. Now we call Him what? Abba Father. So what do we do? In prayer, we say we bind the Spirit, okay, that is taking control over their mind, and we loose the Spirit of adoption. Because let me tell you something. It is the Holy Spirit that draws them to God. 
And the Bible calls it here the spirit of adoption because that is the only way that you enter the kingdom of God is through the spirit of God. And you're going to release that spirit of adoption over them, okay? It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit that fills our hearts the moment we give ourselves to Jesus, okay? The spirit of adoption is the Holy Spirit touching the hearts of those people. Let me tell you, there's not going to be any response unless the Spirit is moving over them. And you're going to notice that by the time you go and invite them, the Holy Spirit has already been doing some work. It's amazing. Because the Bible says that we are co-labors with Christ. In other words, Christ is working and he's already doing a work in the life of those people. You're going to see how the Holy Spirit has been moving. The spirit of adoption is what the Bible calls it because we are adopted into the family of God. Now I want to let you know something. When somebody's adopted into the family of God, they receive the full benefits of a son or daughter. Full benefits. I, we have back there uh, some of the benefits, and we could put that up. And I just put a few of them. I think I just put three of them. All right? But number one, you receive a direct line of communication to heaven in Jesus' name. Oh, today we sang a song that I love. It talks about Jesus' name being the name above all names. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, there's power in that. And when you're adopted into God's family, you know what happens? You receive a direct line of communication to heaven. It's like, you know that you could get calls on your phone and you're in a meeting or something. You say, I'll take this later. And you send it to voice message. You're talking to somebody and say, I'll, ta I'll, I'll take this one later. I'll send it to voice message. And then later on, you'll go through your messages. But what happens when you see the name of your son or daughter show up on your caller ID? Do you send that one to voice message? Oh, you don't send that one to voice message. You could be in a meeting and you're like, hold on a second. This must be important. Hello? And you take that call. That's what the father does with us as his children. He stops what he's doing and he takes our call. And that's what God will do for these people. The spirit of adoption will give them a direct line of communication. Number two, restoration of the relationship with the Heavenly Father. You know that we were created for a relationship with the Heavenly Father and that relationship was broken because of sin? And maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online. And you don't know if you have a relationship with God the Father because all you know is that you're not a good person. All you know is that you've done some things wrong, you know. And maybe in your mind you're like, you know, before I come to God, I got to get these things right. Well, let me tell you something. According to the Bible, God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. Jesus came to pay for that sin, for that that weighs upon you, that separates you from God. That's why Jesus came. And in just a moment, before I close this message today, you might be here. I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus today. And maybe you're like, Pastor, you're talking about next week. I need Jesus today. I'm going to give you that chance for you to go home with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior with a direct line to heaven with a relationship with your heavenly father. And then another thing that I wrote here is that once the spirit of adoption is loosed upon somebody, they start walking in the purpose 
that God has for them. And towards their divine destiny here on earth. You know, you could either exist or you could live. I know a lot of people that exist. But very few people that are living. When you exist, you're just going about your day aimlessly. Now, when you live, you know what your purpose is. You know what you were put here on earth to do. And you know that wherever you go, you're there to make a difference. And that happens when the spirit of adoption comes upon you. You start to walk for the purpose that God has for your life. You know, there's not a greater joy in my life to wake up every morning understanding that there's a purpose. Because I remember the days when I would go to sleep. And as I was laying in my bed, I was like, Lord, what's the meaning of this life? Why did you put me here on earth? Have you ever asked those questions? Well, here at NUMA, we have something to help you with that. It's called Growth Track. Through our growth track, we will help you discover, okay, for you to discover what is the divine purpose that God has for you. What is the way that you were wired? You know that you and I were wired different, and that is awesome. I'm glad that my wife was wired different than me. You know, if my wife and I thought the same about everything, it would be so boring. But I love telling her, babe, I think that this is green. And she goes, this is not green, it's yellow. I'm like... Oh, yeah, that's a different perspective that I hadn't seen, you know. Tell me why it's yellow. And then, well, it's yellow because of this. I'm like, well, I think it's green because of that. Then we have great discussions, you know. Life would be boring if we were all wired the same way. God wired you differently. Now, it's your responsibility and it's my responsibility to discover what that wiring is. I want to encourage you to take our four steps of growth track. Today is step four. Okay, and today is where actually people could join the dream team. Who are the dream team? Dream team are those people, okay, that are walking every day and making a difference as they go. Okay, and how do they do it? Through different areas of service here at church. And God uses their lives. And God wants to do that with you. And God wants to do that through the people that you and I are going to reach as well. Because God put them here on earth with a great purpose. And I want to do something right now. I'm not ending yet, but I want to take a moment to pray because we are in church and this is a house of prayer. And I want to loose, okay, the spirit of adoption over those people that are in our prayer list. All right. And if you have your prayer list, you could take it out. Okay. For a second, right there where you're at. If you don't have one at the end, there's prayer lists back there. You take it out. And by the way, this is not the prayer list of, Lord, help this person that is going through this sickness or help this person find a job. No, these are people, okay, that we want to invite next Sunday here to church, but we're praying for them. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we want to take a moment, Lord God, and present to you all the names, Father God, that are in our prayer cards right now. These are people that we care about, Lord, but more importantly, these are people that you care about. These are people that you love and you have a purpose and a plan for their life. And I pray, Lord God, that today you would loose the spirit of adoption over them. That Holy Spirit, you would be working upon each and every one of them. That by the time that we send that invite, Lord, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready. They're like, oh, you know what? I, I felt that I needed to do something like this. I felt like going to church in these days. You're, we're going to see how you've already been doing the work. Spirit of adoption, Holy Spirit, just touch their hearts right there where they're at. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. And we say amen and amen. The fourth thing that we're going to pray over those that we care about, okay, is pray that believers will cross their path and that they will enter into positive relationships with them. Okay? We're going to pray that believers will cross their path. Okay? And that they will enter positive relationships. Look what Matthew chapter 9 verse 38 says. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Who's in charge of the harvest, guys? The Lord. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send, to send what? To send what? To send more workers unto the fields, okay? Let me tell you something very important, okay? It might be possible that you are the answer to somebody's prayer that God has been praying, please, Lord, reach my cousin. Please, Lord, reach my niece. Please, Lord, reach my mom. And they can do it. And God has brought you into a relationship with those people. It could very well be that you are somebody's prayer for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years. And here comes little old me just doing my business and doing what I'm doing. And you come to church and the pastor's saying, hey, put these people on a list and pray for them and invite them. And you are an answer to prayer. Because that's the way that God works. God's ways are mysterious ways, but God works in a way that everything at the end accomplishes the plan or the purpose that he has. And the same way that I might be the answer to somebody, I want to let you know something. I pray for these people and I'm like, Lord, that the other believers would be inviting them to church. That other believers would be speaking to them about you. You know that I pray that over my family? Because I know that my family, how many of you guys know that your family, I, my family... <laughs> I'm a pastor, and God reached me, and I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. But there's some people in my family that they're not walking with the Lord. Just because I'm a man of God, and my family, and my wife, and my kids, don't mean that everybody in my family is saved. And you know what I pray? Lord, put people in their path. Put people in their work. Put people in their, in their building where they live. Put people in the bus. Put people that will talk to them and invite them. And the other day, my niece, she's one of those people. And she goes, hey, uncle, have you heard about this church called Vu? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? And no, one of my coworkers invited me to go there. I'm like, girl, you better run there. <laughs> you know, I was like, you don't have to come to my church. Just go to church. Go encounter God. And I'm like, your coworker, what's your coworker's name? And she told me that. I'm like, Lord, I bless this person. Keep her there. Do not let her get fired, Lord. Oh, man, put angels around her. She's talking to her. She don't want to hear me, but she'll hear her. You know what I'm saying? So we pray that God will cross their path with other believers, all right, and that those will be positive relationships for them, all right? And, and the last one that I want to mention this morning, all right, you want to loose the spirit of wisdom, and revelation on them so that they may know God better. 
You want to loose the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon them so that they will know God better. And that one is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. Worship team, you guys could come up. Ephesians 1, 17 says, pay attention. I keep asking, the Apostle Paul is saying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What spirit? Spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation. So that you may know Him better. So what do we need to know God better? And what do these people that we care about need so that they can know God better? A spirit of, say with me, wisdom, revelation. Say it again. Wisdom, revelation. Why did Paul pray these specific prayers over these people? Well, one, because we need wisdom from God to know if the things that we are really doing in our lives, and I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of those people that you care about. If the things that they're really doing in their lives are filling the voids that they have in their heart. And they need that wisdom to say and evaluate and say, okay, this is not filling me. Going to the clubs every Friday and every Saturday night, this is not filling me. Being the life of the party every week, this is not filling me. Doing drugs at home, this is not filling me. And the list could go on and on and on of the different things that the enemy has tried to use to blind them. And you got to say, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom so that they can evaluate their lives. And say, this has no meaning. Meaningless is all these things that I'm doing. And then we want to release not only wisdom, but the spirit of revelation. Revelation of the one true God. Revelation of who He is, what He's promised. You see, we can't see Jesus for who He is unless He reveals Himself to us. The Father reveals Jesus. The Spirit reveals Jesus. There's a moment that Peter is there with the other disciples. And Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And the disciples start saying different names. John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, one of the prophets. And who do you guys say that I am? And all of a sudden, that spirit of revelation came upon Peter. And Peter said, you are the Son of God. You are the Christ. And Jesus said, hey, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, Peter, you just got a revelation of who I am. And let me tell you something. I want to lose the spirit of revelation over those people that I care about, that they would know that Jesus is not just one other God. He's not just one other way because all religions lead to God. No, no, no. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They need a revelation for that to happen. So these are the things that we're going to pray this week. Every day, church, 
pray over your list and take these five things and pray over them, over your neighbors, your co-workers, those people that are in your list. And invite them next week to the service. It's a beautiful service we're preparing for next week. We're going to have so many surprises. The kids are going to have such a blast. If you guys find out some of the stuff we're going to do for the kids next week, you guys are not going to want to be here. You're going to want to be in the kids' service. All right? And at the end, we have these little handouts that we prepared. These, and it's both Spanish by one side, English by the other one. All right? And it has our address. Man, you could even scan your phone on this and it'll take you to your Instagram, to our Instagram page. You know, we're getting sophisticated here, you know? And it says, join us. We have a bunch in different stations. Take them and take it to these people that you're inviting and let them know, hey, listen, next Sunday, we're inviting you to my church and you've been praying for those people. Guys, get ready for next week to be an amazing, amazing Sunday in this place. God is going to encounter the hearts of many of those that we care and we love about. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at today. And I want you to make the simple prayer right there. Just make the simple prayer. Say, Lord, use me. Use me to reach those that you care about. Use me to reach those that you care about and that you want me to invite here next week. Use me, Lord. And take a moment and just pray that right there. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.